0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad
1: Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now,
0: it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome
1: in, everybody. This is the Mile High Huddle podcast. I am sitting in for Chad Jensen. My name is Scott Kennedy. Some of you may know me from Broncos for Breakfast, and frankly, I spend as much time on here in the evenings as anybody. So you should know me by now, but I'm sitting in for Chad Jensen, your football priest, the other football priest, Zach Kelberman on this side, you know him and Chad thinks everybody loves you. So you know him yeah. and you love him. Zach, how are you doing this evening, my friend?
2: Pretty good. I'm sure you're excited, Scott, because we have the Falcons watch along that's coinciding with our podcast tonight. Falcons, Panthers, a little NFC South action going on, but... I'm excited because a uh, Broncos game day is coming up. Seems like the Broncos haven't played in months, and uh, we'll get another barometer test as to whether the team is a contender or a pretender. Coming off that squeaky Jaguars victory,
1: well, this should be basically either the beginning of a resurgence, or you know, a false dawn at least, or the end. You know, Great. they're on the cliff right now. You know, do you take a step back, or do you just jump over right now? So three and six, we're looking towards the off season. We're discussing possible head coaching candidates, first-round draft picks, trading back, and all that type of stuff. At 4-5, and five, with a win over an AFC South division leader and a solid Tennessee Titans team winning two in a row, we're talking playoffs again. So, it is. this is a key game coming up, Zach. I mean, they're all important, but this is the most important game so far this season, bar none.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's the true litmus test. And, and it's, it's especially important because the games that follow the Tennessee game are Carolina and Vegas. Carolina obviously is winnable. They might be the worst team in the league right now. The Raiders just put Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro on IR today. So they're going to be out for the Broncos game. That could mean feasibly they get to 5-5. Five and five And I'm not counting my chickens here, but if they get to five and five this season, I don't mean to rhyme is still alive, but it all starts Sunday. This is the Broncos playoff game right here. The rest of them
1: are kind of playoff games. Like we said, you know, six and two, uh, you know, you're, you're talking, you're, you're thinking playoffs. Um, The game to, there's a, there's a tropical storm hurricane coming through. And as I was watching the bands hitting Charlotte. So if you're watching this game on Amazon prime, the weather could get a little interesting. Um, If you are watching along with this game, have it on in the background with us this this game was a wild one last week it was i I think arthur smith the head coach said we went three and two in this game luckily we we ended up with one extra win we won it three times we lost it twice uh went into overtime it's already been a little weird zach jake matthews the starting left tackle for the atlanta falcons rushed home from carolina from charlotte uh it's about three hours up 85 hopped in arthur smith's arthur blank's plane had his baby with his wife and he's back at the game today. So, do you think that man's going to be a little tired this weekend? Take some days off, Jake. Go, go out there and play well, and and uh, take some days off. And there's Cordero Patterson. He's returning kicks. He he's, he wants to get one more to set the all-time to tie at least tie the all-time record for returns for a touchdown.
2: I love what Jake Matthews wife tweeted out. She's like, I did my best Falcons fans to have this baby before the game started. So <laughs> I love the sense of humor and I love Jake Matthews determination to be with his team and play and a terrific player, even better, man. It sounds like, and you know what I love? I love Tanner
1: Hulse coming in, coming in hot uh, orange here, coming Thank in the burn orange. I just wanted to show some love. Haven't been able to make the lives lately due to work, but I always enjoy watching in the morning on my way to work. Hashtag state of being hashtag Broncos for life. Uh, you know when I saw I saw the name I was like we haven't seen Tanner for a while so welcome back my friend it is good to have you back back here with us um I'm not sure exactly what kind of order you want to dive into this thing do we want to just talk I guess we will let's hit the news first yeah uh before we we start talking about the Titans and the Broncos the news it didn't seem it came out after the 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 practice report the 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 official designations all this stuff that kj hampler the camler there's a report that he's going to be out because he was listed as limited nathaniel hackett today at his press conference was saying you know we're gonna evaluate and wait further but then there was a report today and you have it up on milehighhuddle.com that he is going to
2: be out yeah. is that done do you think that's finished he's he he ain't playing Well, the hamstring popped up yesterday. He was limited, and then he was a DNP today. And Hackett said they're evaluating it, which sounds like he's undergoing further tests. I'd be absolutely stunned if he wasn't ruled out tomorrow. And it sucks for the Broncos' offense. It really sucks for K.J. Hamler. You know, hamstrings are no stranger to him. He came into the NFL with a hammy injury, kind of um, hurt his pre-draft process a little bit, marred his rookie year. And then last year, suffering the torn ACL, hip dislocation, his grandmother passed away, a lot to go through at once. He battled back from that. All to come back to a Russell Wilson-led, Nathaniel Hackett-created offense where he thought he was going to be the deep threat and used like he should be. And what does he have on this season? I think seven catches for 80-something scoreless yards. It's, it's just unfortunate for him all the way around this year.
1: Yeah, there's we talk about the, you know, with, with quick twitch players, with fast players, it used to be a full 18 months for your 100% on ACL. It's, it's come down a little bit but it's not as fast as, okay, he's back out on the field and he's running and he seems healthy because there are always setbacks after an ACL because the muscles around the knee and in your legs atrophy. And then as you're pushing those, or let's say I'm able to work out some things, but not everything, certain muscles fall behind and you end up tweaking stuff all the time. There's setbacks all the time. I feel like a hamstring is clockwork after an ACL that you you aggravate your hamstrings on this. So hopefully he'll be doing well. This feels like kind of a lost season. I could jump right into this one, Uh, Zach. You know, third year of his contract, next year's fourth. That reminds me of another wide receiver who is going to be coming up on that same timeline. What are the odds Jerry Judy and
2: KJ Hamler are Denver Broncos next year? I don't know. It's a tough one because they're both under – Very, very team-friendly, as you mentioned, under the rookie contract still, but you don't have much to go on. There's not much of a sample size. I think the Broncos are evaluating their future by using the remaining games this year to form an opinion or conclusion for next year. I wouldn't be surprised considering they fielded phone calls on both receivers if Mm -hmm. one is dealt in the offseason. And for my money, I'm keeping Jerry Judy around. He has shown glimpses of being at least a wide receiver two in the NFL. But KJ was never going to be a wide receiver one and more than likely never going to be a wide receiver two. It just sucks for him that the Broncos haven't utilized his deep threat you know, Tavon Austin like ability uh, to its fullest extent.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, and part of that's on him, like you've said, he hasn't been able to, to stay healthy. And the the problem with it is though, is, you know, you mentioned the guy you want to keep is also the one that you could get the most for. I mean, that's how trades work. You know, you know, what is KJ Hamler worth right now? He might finish the year with 10 catches, you know, for a hundred yards. it's, it's, that's not worth anything on the, <laughs> on the trade market. So, but he's also cheaper. So, you know, d- it, does he stick around another year? He's got to get healthy and he's got to prove something or else he could be a cut candidate. Honestly. I mean, if he can't stay healthy, he could be a player that you, I don't know. Cause his la- his fourth year is guaranteed and it's not all that expensive, but again, it's, it's time he'll be going into his fourth year. At this rate, you're not picking up the option on either of these players. So, 2023 or bust for both of them right now. And Miguel coming in. He's not busting. He's he's coming in with a star saying, good evening, fellas. I don't know if this is a hot take, but I feel Stooks, Dwayne Stooks, a special teams coordinator, would make a better head coach than defensive coordinator is Euro I like his demeanor and would hold players accountable. My kind of coach. I don't know. Um... I think it's a big leap from a special teams coordinator to a head coach. It's probably been done before, but it's a, it's a big leap. So I think Everett is next in line. And, you know, as far as getting things done, Everett is getting it done. You know, Dwayne Stukes may win the press conference. I like the way he conducts himself in a press conference, but as far as who's doing the job, you've got somebody higher up the ladder in Everett, who is one of the top coordinators in the NFL right now. He's, He's, a, he's in line. He's going to get some interviews this year, This this year, Zach.
2: Yeah, I mean, Stukes, He's like you said, he wins the press conference, but if he truly held his players accountable, they wouldn't be making the same mistakes week in and week out. And the second time now, he went up behind the podium today, and then he said, we had a conversation with Montrell about fielding certain punt returns. He also made headlines by saying the Broncos had a delay of game on a kickoff against the Jaguars because a player was eating a hot dog on the sideline. And he said that facetiously, like tongue in cheek, but people ran with that still. So I don't want the guy that wins the press conference. I want the guy like Everett. Let me rattle off some stats about the Broncos defense. First in red zone percentage, first in passing yards per game, first in yards per play, second in total yards, second in points, seventh in third down percentage, and tied for eighth in sacks. I want that guy coaching my football team considering he's a first year coordinator and he's working opposite an offense that continues to put his unit in bad situations. The Broncos defense is on the field every five minutes and they're top 10 in those categories that is a future head coach right there
1: yeah i i i'm not saying you're miguel i'm not saying i necessarily think you're wrong i think Dwayne stooks could could be on that path too i just think evero is probably ahead of him um want to hit the chat here juero came in a little bit he says is this officially a long-term problem for hamler it's a recurring problem um guys with that kind of speed i, I once heard someone kind of uh make a comparison to offensive linemen as diesel tractors they're gonna go forever you know or tractor you know big rigs and wide receivers really super fast wide receivers as dragsters funny cars where one little thing goes wrong and they're out they're done so it kind of goes along with his skill set um that and, and then when you've got the the knee injury that's not a that's not a recurring problem that's just a problem with the knees getting injured but then again you you suffer setbacks when you're trying to rehabilitate because you can't do everything equally and you're stressing when you go live you stress muscles that you haven't been able to quite prepare in the weight room on the track doing type of things that's why they call it game speed and game condition so i don't know if it's a long-term problem but it's certainly a recurring problem where which may be the same thing for you
2: when he was coming out, I said Hamler could be like a poor man's Deshaun Jackson. And I was right about half of that because he's injured as much as Deshaun Jackson. I think it's more indicative, though, of a long-term problem with the Broncos strength and conditioning. And I'm going to put it out there once again. You know, Lauren Landau, what are you doing? You look at the Broncos injury report right now, Scott. You, you know, Hamler. Also, Andrew Beck popped up today with the hamstring injury. A Sang Bassey hamstring. Um, groin for Tyree Cleveland. Cameron Fleming has a quad. P.J. Locke hamstring. So many soft tissue, lower body injuries under Lauren Landau's watch to the point now where even Mike Kliss, the team mouthpiece, the most pro Broncos guy in the sphere, said it's time for answers. It's not necessarily a KJ problem, though he kind of has an injury jacket. It is a Lauren Landau strength and conditioning problem until he is gone. This injury status is going to remain status quo.
1: I try and teach uh, our our viewers, our listeners, kind of how to read between the lines. And one of the things I've always said is when you see the state and media start to turn, you know things are happening. Something is happening because they know they no longer have to maintain that relationship. Um, They know they don't need access to that player, that coach, whoever. They know something's happening. I've also said it's why it's 10 times worse in politics because there are no term limits and they're always there. So they're always cozy like this. There is no honesty in in, in reporting. Uh, that's a different story. We won't get into that too much. Um, Greg Smith coming in about on, on the Hamler and the trade said, Scott, his speed has to be worth something, huh? Okay. Um, I'm listening. So far, it's been worth seven catches for 165 yards, nine games, eight games. By a week. That's what it's been worth. Greg, what's that worth to you? And now he's hurt. What's that worth? Okay. Take what is possible and bump it up around. Cause that's pending free agent numbers. That's practice squad numbers. Maybe a seventh. You might be able to get because he does have tools, speed, the type. Of, if you had a guy like that, frankly, a good example is Jalen Virgil. Jalen Virgil on your practice squad is not a great receiver. He can fly. He's a 10, 200 meters guy. He can fly, but he's not a great receiver. So what was he worth? Where, where did Jay, where did they get Jalen Virgil? Was he a seventh draft pick? Undrafted. Undrafted. So there you go. It's worth a shot. It's not worth I'm going to be able to get a third round or my second round back for him because he's not producing. Um, and that's what's got to happen for, you, for that speed to be worth something. It's got to translate
2: what I do like, though, and you're right, Scott, it, it's not good, and I was actually listening to uh, your pod last night with Nick, where you named a player that has to play, and I think he said K.J. Hamler. and you're like, no, he has to actually play to be valuable. I agree with you. The only thing is he's averaging like 23 or 26 yards a catch, so he's shown to be a downfield threat, and that's the, that's the one thing I like about K.J., but you can get that with, like you said, Virgil, UDFA, Montrell Washington, Speed Demon, fifth round pick. You can find speedy guys at any point in the draft, on the open market any time of the year he is a one-trick pony in that sense where he doesn't have much value I'm with Scott on that
1: and it's not even though where they're lining up three-step drop and throw the throw the, the, the the nine they're busted plays Zach anybody can get deep get behind players on a busted play and that's where the passing yards have come from that's where KJ Hamler's been getting his yards um
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Uh, and I, I don't necessarily think it, I, I've seen, we've seen times where he's open. So I'm not saying he's a, he is a one-trip pony. I'm saying right now his value to this team, his value in a trade isn't much. Um, as far as, like again, last night, in case you didn't hear what, what Zach was referencing, we were talking about three players. It was Browning, Hamler and Simmons, Justin Simmons, I believe. And Nick asked me, he said, which of those three um, is most important to this team? And, and, and Nick was saying Hamler said Hamler initially, but he's, he's, he he hasn't done anything. So the idea of Hamler, what he could bring to this team, what he you're hoping you were going to get for him is what you need most. Absolutely. But a healthy KJ Hamler out there does not guarantee that's what you're going to get because you haven't been getting the production
2: from him. So anyway, um I'd say Simmons by the way, just to contain Derrick Henry and kind of flummox whatever quarterback is playing, he's still a pro bowl safety and, and yep. I don't I would take him over Browning. And, I think uh, t-
1: I think I'd, I for me it was Hamler's off the table. I mean, it's okay it, you might as well say, you know, Jonathan Cooper, you know. I mean, it's there there, he hasn't. He just hasn't been doing anything. Um, I know what I'm getting from from Simmons. I usually know what I'm getting from Browning, and, and it's production. I'm getting production when they're on the field. I can't say the same thing for K.J. Hamler at this point in his career. Um, going through, and you know what? I'm just going to bring up the, uh, the injury report. Let me minimize this Panthers-Falcons game. Don't worry about the slow start, y'all. You can watch this with us. And then uh, things get kind of weird in the second half of those games. So let me let me share this screen here, and I'll zoom
2: in because I know this is. Speaking of Browning, I think he was a DNP two days in a row, so it's not looking like he's going to play this week. Maybe next week, though, against Carolina. Maybe I'm not going to zoom
1: in. Zoom? Zoom, zoom? All right, hold on one second. Let me stop this. And uh, let me close this out. I put it on my desktop and everything. Broncos. Doik. That's the one I'm looking for. It's like when things don't start to work, I'm, I'm like getting sweat starting to break out across my forehead. I'm like, this isn't working. I'm getting stressed. So let's bring that up here. And there we go. So Baron Browning did not play, did not participate. Um, Hamler went from, we're going to evaluate to DNP. Uh, Darius Phillips. Okay. Usain Bassi is limited. Andrew Beck limited. Tyree Cleveland limited. Cameron Fleming limited. PJ Block limited. Justin Simmons limited. Kwan Williams was full. So that is your injury report coming in to today. Um, Baron Browning's day to day. He'd be a big miss, especially since you just, you just lost Chubb. That said, kind of came up with how they might attack this Titans team, considering they're so one-dimensional, where you might be able to limit your edge rushers.
2: Yeah, I'm not too worried whether it's um, Tannehill or Malik Willis, because they don't have any outside threats on that Titans offense. They really have no receivers or tight ends to speak of. That offense goes exclusively through derrick henry so you don't really necessarily need baron browning in this game or randy gregory in this game you'd love to have him but this is why i want my pro bowl safety back there to man the line of scrimmage and help out when there's a passing play a lot of play action the titans love to run you want your safety back there to prevent that
1: yeah and and just to to clean up the big runs if if that happens because if he breaks containment I, i need to make sure i've got him in there um I was looking up his numbers today and Tannehill Tannehill was full participant today. Uh, I expect him to go and he's definitely better and more efficient than the Malik Reed and can convert third downs and that type of thing. Um, but they started off losing two in a row and they're, they've uh, with Tannehill. They won four straight after that in those four games. He threw for 264 yards, 137, 181, 132 once. I mean, they're running, you run in a wing tee, you know, a hundred <laughs> yards, you know, so it's not exactly like I'm, I'm overly worried that, oh, Tannehill's back. It helps them. They're a good team, no matter who's playing quarterback. And in this case, if I know I'm a little light on the edge, no pun intended, um, especially with a trade, with an injury, I might go for big down lineman, man. You know what, how hard would it be? To drop Draymond at end, DJ Jones at end, Deshaun Williams at defensive tackle, Mike Purcell at defensive tackle, three linebackers. And a 4-3 like that, that would be a run-stopping type of lineup. Um, Tannehill doesn't scare me. That running game scares me. So let's line up and try and, and, and stop the run. Is that? Do you think there's any chance... We could see something like that uh, at times during this game.
2: Yeah, I'm selling out. I'm putting, you know, 10 men near the line of scrimmage. I'm not scared of either quarterback. And real quick about the Broncos injury report, it's kind of funny now. Coming off a uh, win in a bye week, Russell Wilson a few weeks ago had two fairly significant injuries. That he was dealing with and now he's off the injury report completely funny how that works from the Titans side though Scott I saw Jeffrey Simmons on there I saw Bud Dupree on there even Derrick Henry was DNP today I thought yesterday was a rest day for him but I don't think he served but the Titans are just as beat up as the Broncos are and it would be nice for them to catch a break Simmons not playing in this game or playing less than 100% would be so crucial for a Broncos O-line Scott that has struggled in the interior he's a monster. This is Jeffrey Simmons. I'll credit
1: the guy on Twitter after I play this. I forgot his name. I don't
2: know what God has <laughs> in store for me, but, you know, I the not I control, I control. And that's <laughs> a Texas rebound have had. I'll just, honestly, just believe in what Brady got me doing. And time them,
1: trusting them that they don't do the thing right. you know, just be out there Sunday, and Thursday. So it may
2: be, you know, i'm, I'm just uh,
1: be in the for sure so, kind of, uh, so I'm, I'm let me see that was uh that was from jim wyatt on twitter so check him out give him a follow for your titan stuff so that was jim wyatt on twitter um one of the things the thing that's interesting about jeffrey simmons i mean other than you know his play he hasn't practiced in three weeks Allen Iverson would be proud. <laughs> so you look at him and you say, practice. okay, he hasn't practiced. he didn't practice the last two weeks. We're talking about practice. And he's played. We're talking about practice, dog. Um not so the game. Practice. Derek Henry didn't practice. That looks more like a hey, what's he need to practice for? You know, hand him the ball. He's a running back. We, right. we don't, we're not, we're not working on timing here. Let's just keep him healthy, limit the shots, refresh the legs. Um, but he, but Jeffrey Simmons has been. Well, he's been out. He's been DNP at practice, but he has been limited by that foot ankle injury that he's had for several weeks now. Um, And as good as he is, I I can tell. I, I, I can tell that he's not quite himself out there.
2: Listen, I'll take him at 90%, 95%. It's a, a big break for the Broncos interior. Like I mentioned, Graham Glasgow starting for Cushionberry now. Um, Reisner left guard a struggle. He's gotten beat really bad this year, especially in pass pro. Not having a healthy Simmons out there and not having a healthy Bud Dupree out there for the Titans is going to be a boost to the Broncos O-line. And Andrew Lampy
1: coming in and say, hello, that is all. All right. Well, that's not all for us. We want to say thank you very much. I uh, had another super coming in. Let me scroll down. Actually, a couple of them. I missed the Duchess coming in. Good to see you, Michaela. KJ, Glad I got a chance to uh, to see and and thank you for everything you do for the show in person. Well, you know, kind of in person. He's live here. Uh, he says, I like KJ, but I'm over him always being hurt. He's not worth it. Again, uh, you hear coaches and managers use the word trust a lot when discussing players, and you can't trust him to be out there. You don't know what you're going to get. That's a problem has absolutely nothing to do with KJ Hamler. The person we're all rooting for KJ Hamler, the person, but he's in year three. He's not producing and he's, he's picking up injuries again. His time as a Denver Bronco might not be much longer, you know, end of this year, maybe he's next year. Again, it, you don't save anything by – well, you would because someone would pick up his guaranteed contract. I think dead cap, dead, dead cap but he, he would pick up. But he's not very expensive, but he's not producing either. So, again, he's got to get healthy and uh, and start producing on the field.
2: It just sucks for him, like you mentioned. We're all rooting for K.J. Hamler, the person, what he's been through, how – uh, exacerbated he was after the um, the Colts game when he smashed his helmet, and then finally he's getting utilized a little more on the offense, and now he has a setback with the hamstring. But you know, availability is the best ability. You can't make the club from the tub, whatever expression you want to use. I've blamed the Broncos for not utilizing him correctly. I've blamed Landau for the conditioning. But you're right, Scott. It's also on Hamler for just not being healthy enough.
1: Darius Simmons coming in says, "What's up, guys? Zach is a man, but I love getting Thank to you. hear Scott saw it twice in one day." Appreciate it. Bold prediction. If Willis starts, Broncos will dominate this game. 12 mm-hmm. to five. Let's go.
2: <laughs> that could be a score. That uh, is mean, that the record, though, or the score prediction? I don't Broncos know. Broncos are going, going to win out there. It might be the
1: record, 12 and five, but it sounded like a score prediction as well. Wouldn't be
2: surprising. The Broncos not getting over 16 points, 17 points. That's uh, right on the money for them. But I don't know about dominate. Ask Kansas City about dominating with Malik Willis at quarterback. I think if you stop Derrick Henry or at least limit Derrick Henry, limit the big plays, limit the touchdowns, and don't let him do what Jacobs and Vegas does to you every time they play, the Broncos have a chance to fully get after Willis and then it's the Broncos offense. Can they score points? You can hold Tennessee down, but if you can't score points on your own it's not going to matter. If Willis starts, I like the Broncos odds a lot more Scott, but regardless they got to show up on Sunday and do their work.
1: Yeah, um the Broncos offense isn't really good enough to dominate. It can be one of those if you get up to a two-score lead, you always feel comfortable. You know, like 17 to 3. You know, the score keep the score is closer than the game seems i can't find this comment again i I wish i could i'm just gonna read out here there it is you'll appreciate this one and thanks darius appreciate the kind words and the super chat my friend andrew lampy coming in (laughs) just using the name lauren landau makes my hammies tight (laughs) yep god bless the internet
2: makes my brain Um, hurt that's a muscle too The uh what now he makes my – we're talking about soft muscle tissue injuries. makes my brain hurt just thinking about Lauren Landau. But I don't know if the brain's a muscle, so I'll stop embarrassing myself. I don't think
1: it Yeah, hell, oh, if you can get a brain cramp, then obviously it's a, <laughs> it's, a it's a muscle. So, brain freeze um, is real. Um, do we want to start bringing up the head-to-heads, or do we want to talk about uh, the game and the matchup a little bit or or do that at the same time? Yeah, or I think or we can What's, what's that. next on the agenda, Zach? Let's do the head-to-head. We're
2: about oh, almost a half hour in, that. so –
1: let me ditch this game over here and we'll come back to it later.
2: Three nothing barn burner.
1: Yeah. Like I said, watch out for that one. It's it, it's good. It ends up getting weird. You know, the old keep Austin weird thing. That's a little bit how I feel that game's going to go. So here are the head to heads three and five versus five and three. Uh, green is t- NFL top. 10. This is courtesy of the Denver Broncos media. So thank you very much for putting this together. And NFL bottom 10 is in red. As you go along on the offense area, you see a lot of red on both sides of the ball. Um, net yards per game, last. Yards per play, 26. And these are the Titans here. Uh, points per game, 24th. And yet, the Broncos are behind them, 30th. Um, this is a game I think that's going to remind me of the 49ers game, Zach. Uh I don't know why I just saw I just saw the actor that played on from The Wire, Jimmy McNulty. I'm like Garoppolo, not McNulty. You got the we, we've been talking so much TV and movies this week, <laughs> and now I've got Jimmy McNulty in my head from The Wire. Um, Playing with Garoppolo, offense wasn't good. You won that game with defense and special teams. That's how I see this game coming down. And looking at the numbers, it's this is why it's not some great revelation that this could be a low-scoring game. Uh, I think the over-under is 39, take the under. Um, So looking at those uh, net rushing yards per game, it's 8th versus 20th. Uh, Does it feel like the Broncos are 20th in the league? Or do they feel worse than that?
2: No, they feel 20th. They've done nothing since Javante uh, went. Even when Javante was healthy, they weren't getting the push. That dates back to preseason. So, yeah, the 3.3 3 yards per carry for Latavius Murray, Melvin Gordon, that sounds about right to me. Neither team is giving away
1: uh, the ball much. They're doing a good job um, in, in interceptions and fumbles. That's one of the reasons why Melvin Gordon hasn't been playing as much, and when he has, he hasn't been as dangerous because he's running tight running super tight right now um you look at the sacks allowed though they have been giving up sacks third down percentage 31st and 29th I mean this could be three and out punt three and out punt three and punt three and punt three and punt three and fumble somebody scores now you're in trouble it's gonna be fun a, a special teams gaff, um you know uh something like that could be the difference in this game what was the what was the uh was it 11 to 10? What was the final on or the Niners game, yeah? On the Niners game. Yeah. I'm telling you man, I'm feeling it. That that's what I'm feeling coming in this one is a, is a game like that one. Defense, we start getting green here. Look at that. That is a lot of green. There's only one um uh, one red and very few even middle on there. Um and again, it just doesn't match up well for the Denver Broncos. Hey, where can you attack this Denver Broncos or this this Tennessee Titans defense through the air? Oh, where 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 were we again in net passing yards? Nineteenth, um, 19th. nineteenth. 19th. All right. Well, we don't throw the ball very well, but hey, maybe you need one of those big games. You know, maybe this is a game you throw up a three eighty, and it skews the stats heavily because you haven't had a, a defense like this yet. You haven't faced a defense like this in in pass. In pass defense, um, we'll see.
2: I, I don't feel confident about that, but it's it is possible. Um where I look at something though, Scott, is their first the Titans defense is in third down percentage, and the Broncos offense is 31st in third down percentage. So you mentioned like a low scoring game, you know, three and out pump, which I cannot wait for, by the way. I can't tell you how excited I am for that. It's whoever whatever offense gets more than 15 points, 14 points is going to win this game. It sounds like whatever defense makes a play is going to win this game. Yeah. We, we
1: said a little bit, it says, Oh, this is like a pitcher's duel. And yeah, it is in a sense where you've got good defense, but you've also got bad offense. It's two really good pitchers against two anemic lineups. Um, so which is it going to be? Um, we saw some glimpses last week from the Denver Broncos. I say last week, last game. If I say last week again, just last, last, I meant last game. Uh, with all the travel, it feels like it was only a week ago. Um, we saw some glimpses. The, the the trade out for Graham Glasgow for Lloyd Cushionberry paid early dividends. Um, that matchup though, Zach, and uh, going Jeffrey Simmons, and then Tart on the defensive line. Tart is really immobile side to side. He he does not have any lateral mobility. What he's really good at is going straight ahead like a bulldozer. Um, if he's lined up on the left side, he gets Quinn Miners. On the defense's left side, he gets Quinn Miners. I trust Quinn Miners against somebody that wants to go head up and just go forward. I don't trust Reisner in that same situation. So we'll see if they switch him around a little bit. But whichever side Simmons is on, he's probably going to get the, the double team. So if it's me, I'd flip him and let Tart line head up on Reisner and then let minor and then have minors be okay. You want to take your chances with Simmons or you want to take your chances with a guy that is having trouble blocking a shadow of, uh, you know, when, when they're coming right at him. So it, it will be a very interesting matchup right there on the lines of scrimmage.
2: Even without Simmons, the Titans front seven is so imposing and so impressive. They're so well coached. They play such disciplined football. The Broncos are going to have to be on their P's and Q's. And what I do have hope for is if the line can hold and give Russell Wilson some time. You see it right there. They're thirty at the Titans are in passing defense. This is a game that you actually need KJ Hamler for, like Aguero says in the comments shed. I I knew I was gonna do it. I do it every time. Scott, excuse me for that one. But if Russell Wilson get some time and hopefully he had Lasik in Cabo during the bye week and sees his receivers, you <laughs> can make some hay on offense. You can move the ball, but it's when you get down in the red area, when you get down to third and one, third and two. How is Hackett going to call his plays. How is Russell Wilson going to execute those play calls? That to me is the storyline of the game.
1: Well, it should be on the wristband.
2: <laughs> oh my
1: god! Shots fired. Oh, Stupid. I
2: mean, I, this is this is
1: insane. Stupid. This wristband thing is insane. They're petty
2: ex lovers. It's what it sounds like to me.
1: Okay. Well, fine. Okay, that's been said and done. Okay. Pete Carroll says something about we had resistance with using a wristband in the past. Russell Wilson is asked about it. It's over, right? Wrong. Eight, eight times. <laughs> the guys were asked about the wristbands. Nathaniel Hackett and Justin oh, Alton were out, asked about wristbands and the usage of wristbands. Wrist, I'm going to go to sleep and be like, wristbands. <laughs> right, wristbands? Eight times) Denver Broncos media, you should be ashamed of yourselves. It's ridiculous. Eight wristbands. Like it's some newfangled new coat. (laughs) I use wristbands all the time.
2: Eight. This is the state of Broncos football though, Scott. They're they're three and five right now. Their season's hanging in the balance. And what are we talking about? Wristbands and uniforms. Like seriously, who cares? Oh
1: my goodness. So, yes, quarterbacks sometimes use wristbands. It helps get the play in. Done. And maybe a follow up eight <laughs> times. So, yes, this is a game where KJ Hamler, and you know who's going to be even more important? You need all your receivers in a game like this, but who's going to be maybe the single most important non quarterback offensive lineman? The most important skill player is Jerry Judy. This is a game for Jerry Judy to step up and, and, and take care of business on here. Uh, special teams, you see why, um, appreciate you, Jujero. Um You see why Dwayne Stooks has been a little salty. Um, there's some red in there. Um, he, he, he asked a question, he was asked a question about, you know, Montreal Washington's aggressiveness. And it was a phrase I heard a long time ago, and he almost said the exact same thing. Um, it's easier to put a, um, a bit in their mouth than a boot in their butt. Meaning I'd rather have the guy that's a little more aggressive. It's hard. It's easier if you've got somebody that works hard and is overgross always wants to do something, just bugs the hell out of you because they're always trying to do more. That is so much easier to work with than, than, than the lazy, than trying to motivate somebody. And he said that about Montrell today. So I love it. He's aggressive. We're trying to get him experience now too. Um, gross punting average, 53. That's booting it, especially when you're not playing in uh in, in Denver. Um, that can be a little misleading though. God, that can be field position. You know, if I'm taking 46 and pinning them inside the 10 all the time, I'm I'm pretty happy. Field goal percentage though, 78.9 is 23rd versus 83.3, 17th. Kickoff return average to me isn't really even a thing anymore. They just kicked the ball out of the back of the end zone um and punt return average against fairly similar just three yards there the one that is uh a little farther apart those penalties committed it feels like it's gotten better yet it was so bad that you're still last you've committed the most penalties in the league and you've had a week off uh and meanwhile the other teams um have also committed a bunch against you so it makes for a disjointed game, Zach, that we've seen.
2: First of all, about Montrell, I'm right there with you. I don't think he's uh, absent for talent. In fact, I think it's only a matter of time before Montrell breaks one. I do think he's pressing a little much as a rookie. He's trying to impress his coaches and uh, trying to impress his teammates and trying to make a play. It's it's very, very common for a rookie. I have a lot of confidence in him. Field goal percentage for the Broncos with McManus, who talks a lot, but doesn't really produce as of late is surprising. And also the penalties, as you just uh, touchdown there, 70. I mean, just fathom that number for a second. 70 in eight games. The Titans have 53. They rank 22nd. If I was an unbiased observer and I saw the Titans have 53 penalties, I would think that's, oh my God, that's a lot. The Broncos have 17 more. 17 more than that number. It is atrocious. That's the number one thing they have to clean up. They can't average 9, 10 penalties a game. And it was
1: 57 quality, in the game. So you've got almost 130 penalties in eight games. It makes for some bad football, Zach. We've it's watched some bad football. Uh, that That's Broncos game. People should have gotten their money back. The Broncos should have been offering season ticket holders a refund, and the NFL should be getting their broadcast partners a refund on that game. George Fox coming in with the stars. Thank you very much, George. Just thanks for all your insight on the team. So do you think we can pull this one out? I'm just not sure. Denver Broncos for life. MHH for life. Can? Yes. Will? It's exactly I
2: don't
1: my think answer. So. <laughs> I, I just, I just don't, I think what you've got two real again, this is what I said with the jets and the, and the, I think the Titans are better than the jets, even with, well, Zach Wilson's not a very good quarterback either. I think the Titans are an overall better team than the jets. You've got really good defenses, really strong in the trenches. You've got an okay offense, but they've got more of an identity. They know what they want to do. They're better coached. And that's not even a shot at at Nathaniel Hackett. That's props for Mike Grable. They're they're a winning team. And they do things well that the Broncos don't handle very well. Exactly. And I just – I don't like the matchup. Exactly.
2: I I don't like it. Um, I think – I like Tennessee in this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, you go back to last year. No one gave the Broncos a chance against the Cowboys. And that was kind of Vic Fangio's, you know – Crown achievement in Denver, but it's apples and oranges when you compare it to this season, because as you just said, Scott, that was my whole argument here. What the Titans do, the Broncos struggle with what the Broncos do. You know, it's like they're really good at running the ball. The Broncos defense is really bad at running the ball. The Broncos are poor at passing the ball, or the Titans defense can't stop the pass at all. They're physical, they're well-coached, they're disciplined, they're everything the Broncos are. And to me, they're just a better football team right now. So can they win? Yeah. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. Will they win this game, though? As you'll see in our roundtable prediction coming out in a few days, I don't feel very good about it. Garth Knight says,
1: I want a wristband to guide my day-to-day. You don't need a wristband because everybody has their phones just super glued to the palm of their hands like this. Everybody walks around like this. I talk about texting and driving ever been in a, in a in a city people can't walk and text at the same time let alone texting and driving you don't need a wristband you're allowed to have your phone out there otherwise i think it's a great idea um what's really ridiculous is watching 10u girls wreck softball with wristbands on there like they're calling like these coaches are calling these really intricate pitches okay change up low and outside then the girl throws it over the backstop, you know, and, and <laughs> setting the defense, you know. Meanwhile, your third baseman's picking daisies. It's uh, it's a little ridiculous.
2: Wristband, there it is again. Back,
1: <laughs> oh, Carol.
2: Terrible. Crept into your conscience. It's okay. Just choose some go. I, I really couldn't believe what I was reading in this. I couldn't. It. I kept, could. It's been that way the whole year. Scott Subway sandwiches, ads, whatever, anything Russell Wilson going. does,
1: kept over going. God bless them. If I mean, if Nathaniel Hackett was if that was Arthur Smith and Dean Peace, there may have been a chair thrown. We would have been talking old W there there, it would have gotten ugly. Um, but honestly, sometimes I think that's what they're going for. They're looking for the sound bite. Can the I get clicks. under their skin? Yeah. Can I get the can I get the bite that's going to resonate back with the Seattle fans? It's exactly what they're going for. And like I said, shame on them. Shame on them. They just like be, the
2: people be, be who be better don't. than that who ran with the, the Stukes uh, quote today about the hot dog. He was saying that jokingly, but immediately there were blog posts and uh, articles written that, oh, the Broncos couldn't field a player because he was eating a hot dog. It, whenever you give them an inch of ammo, they're going to take it and run with it. It's just the the state of the media nowadays. It's unfortunate.
1: Silent one comes in on YouTube. He says, you guys make it sound like the Titans are great. They aren't even close. Speaking of close, we will keep every game close. This game is very winnable. Yeah, I've I've said that before, Silent One, that based on this team, your defense will keep every game close, and your offense isn't good enough to blow anybody out. So you should be in every game, every game. The problem is you're not winning those. This team hasn't learned how to take that next step and how to win those close games. And you're playing against a team that frankly is better. You don't, you don't have to be great. I didn't, nobody says you're making out like the Titans are great to be better than the Denver Broncos right now. That's just the way it is. No, the Titans aren't great. The Broncos have been bad. So if they're a little bit better than bad at home, I would take them to win this game.
2: You stole my answer. I was going to say the Titans aren't great, but the, they're better than the Broncos right now. It's just as simple as that. It's it's a pragmatic response, a realistic response. I'm not going to lie to you, Silent One. I'm never going to gas anyone up and blow smoke for the sake of blowing smoke. The Titans right now are a better Uh, better coached, better overall team, better product on the field than the Broncos. I'm not saying it's unbeatable. No game's unbeatable. With the Broncos defense, they can go toe-to-toe with Kansas City, even with the injuries, even with Hackett, even with anyone. But if you look at it realistically, like we both broke down, it's not a good matchup for Denver, and they're not going to have good matchups on the schedule. Now, can they win this game? Of course. They have to show up for four quarters, though. But let me ask you, Silent One, name one game this year that the Broncos have shown up for all four quarters. Their victories, their three victories that they have, they played second half games or sporadic first quarter, fourth quarter type games. They have to show up for all four quarters to take down a team like the Titans. It's all we're saying. No, and and the thing is, it's
1: you you're gonna this is a team that's gonna want to wear you down, and they they the way they play defense is to keep everything in front of you. They don't blitz. They don't give up. We, we mentioned earlier that a lot of the big plays come on busted plays. A lot of the offense for the Denver Broncos have come on busted plays. You're not going to get those against Denver, in theory, of course. I'm, I'm speaking in definitives, and now, of course, you know the safety is going to fall down the corner. going to trip over himself. But they rush four. They drop into coverage. They swarm to the ball. They make you work your way down the field. They make you run it against them. They make you take it underneath, underneath passes. And Patrick Mahomes struggled doing it. And the Kansas City Chiefs struggled doing it. Denver Broncos. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Their offense isn't as good as the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Okay? Really? I'm
1: going out on a limb. I'm going out on a limb right now. That's um, And again, the Denver Broncos defense. So, uh, like I said, the, the the model for this game for me was the 49ers. You won this. You you beat the 49ers. Um, Defense and special teams. That's what's going to take to do it again, and and maybe get you know. It may only take one big play. It could be eleven to ten. It could be
2: thirteen to ten. Absolutely. Plus, you know, if anyone like me who subscribes to the coaching, coaching, coaching mantra, when you pit. Mike Vrabel versus Nathaniel Hackett, it's no contest for Tennessee. He's a really, really good head coach who's made me eat a lot of crow. I didn't think he would cut it coming from that Bill Belichick tree. But right now, and pretty much his entire tenure, he has his team ready to play. No matter the circumstances, injuries, whatever, that team will always show up. You can't say the same about the Broncos. Just being realistic.
1: Yeah, and Jamie says he's being realistic too. Denver is much better than their record, and they're going to prove it by turning things around. They're going to get tough win this week and go on a run. That'd be two in a row. I mean, yeah, that. that but that's a start, and you start getting some belief and all those whispers about is this, is our coach a buffoon? It starts going away. Um, and, and I mentioned this morning, not playing under the the spotlight of the national games has helped this team. It really has that. And Jim Ir- Irsay turning the Indianapolis Colts into a laughingstock and Josh McDaniels being Josh McDaniels has taken some of the heat off of the Denver Broncos, which is good for this team. It is that when in London, a week of practice, and, and Zach tweeted out today, only the Broncos could come off a bye week and get more injuries. You'd like to think the team would be healthier coming off of a bye week, and it's not. That's what's
2: as scary as anything. Yeah, strength and conditioning. I'll, I'll keep harping on that. But I'm a subscriber to what Bill Parcells used to say. You are what your record says you are. And if the Broncos were better, they would have been better. They could have overcome teams like Indianapolis, uh, the Jets. Even the Raiders game was winnable there. They wouldn't have lost those games. But they are what they are right now, which is 3-5. and five. They're a below-average team. They have a chance to kind of rewrite that narrative for one game, at least, against Tennessee. But people are acting, Scott, like they have this resounding victory – over the Jaguars they snuck by that team the Jaguars it was only a four-point game it wasn't some dominating 60-minute victory they have to be a lot better on Sunday than they were the last time they took the field
1: yeah and who's been really good for us is Gary Leeds Palmer coming in on YouTube he says hey Zach and Scott and Broncos country that's all of y'all don't take me wrong but I hope you guys are wrong one time go Broncos <laughs> I've been wrong most of the we've time we've been a lot we've been wrong a lot this year I think I'm like two and five wait how many games? I can't get this new math done. Eight. I think I've gotten two of them right so far because I picked like the first three games as wins. Um, the first time I picked them to lose was the 49ers. Um, I think I've gotten the last couple right uh, on this one. So we will see how it goes. But Zach, unless there's any
2: burning desires out there, I think we're about ready to uh, to call this one a night. My burning desire is humility right now because I've been wrong. I thought Hackett would be a really good head coach. I thought Russell Wilson would perform like a quarter billion dollar quarterback. But here we are. We're admitting that we're wrong. But that was the uh, Mile Huddle podcast for this evening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Where is the thing? It was replaced. I see. We don't have the uh, just follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. We have the banner for this, the follow the main account on Twitter for all your Broncos news analysis, rumors, and more at mile high huddle. Follow Scott on Twitter at scout Kennedy, myself at Kelberman NFL and Chad at Chad and Jensen. Uh, be sure to cop our merch at huddleuppod.com. All new inventory. Be sure you check it out and be sure you're following and liking facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. If you haven't go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priests, and our Deacon Scott, a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every month. But if anything, please sub, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Scott, as always, when we do these podcasts, final word is yours.
1: Had a good time. My final words will be to our community with Darius Simmons coming in. He says, I think this team will improve as Hackett improves, which I think he has been. He called a play that he hated, and Russ loved it, and it worked that's fine my my problem with this is you you did george payton make a colossal mistake by bringing in as uh as they're coming in here new coaches you know new players where i just saw the the the, someone posting it in here where did it go it was jamie this this one here new new ownership new coaches new players sometimes it takes time to turn the titanic around this team's built to win now though That's why you traded two first round draft picks, spent a bunch of money on your quarterback who's in his thirties. This team, the windows open. This wasn't a three or four year project. And I don't know. That's one of the reasons why I think the lease is shorter on Hackett than it would be for, for if you hadn't made that trade and you were rebuilding this team from the ground up uh, on an upward trend, this that's my opinion on that, is is this team was built to win now. Super Bowl or bus, remember?
2: I'm not trying to poo-poo any sort of optimism or positivity. I, I do like it, considering where the Broncos are right now. But if we're going with that analogy, and the Broncos are the Titanic, we know how that story ends. They're, they're going <laughs> down regardless. So we hope they're not the Titanic. We hope they're on a more stable ship floating in those NFL waters. You know, to your point, though, Darius, Hackett hasn't been a billion percent incompetent he's done a few nice things as a play caller schemer game planner to get people open and maximize the offense it's not all on him but we'll see we'll know who the Broncos are on Sunday this is their playoff game if they win this game and they show improvement we can uh, justify that positivity but if they come out and perform like the same old Broncos that we've seen thus far this year it's going to be another long afternoon and we were talking about
1: Deanna Hendry and her Big contributions this morning. And she says, love the Broncos. And she's been pretty clear on this, but Hackett needs to go. Love you guys. MHH for life. And follows that up with a big old super sticker. So thank, thank you again. so much. Coming in, uh, coming in hot on this. Todd says, I did my duty to hit the like button. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate you doing that. Um, And again, it's not all on Hackett. It- it's not. By any stretch of the imagination, you've heard me say offensive line until I start turning blue in the face. And this vein starts squiggling out of the middle of my forehead. But it's a lot easier to change a coach than it is to change 53 players. And the coach gets held accountable first, especially since he's not the one that affects the salary cap when you eat his guaranteed contract.
2: Yeah, I saw a funny comment here. Uh, I can't remember. I can't find who said it, but they said, I think it was Cristiano who said we need MHH wristbands. So uh, earmuffs, P. Carroll. I've been we- Colin. Colin is going to dig at me for the rest of the day. I'm going to start twitching. Eat wristbands. <laughs> We're going to get some though. Despite Scott's oh, health and his sleep. We're going to have some MHH wristbands coming soon to the store. So keep an eye on that. But that was the MHH podcast. Uh, we're approaching, we're over 53 minutes now, Scott. Appreciate you filling in tonight for Chad. We will see y'all Sunday for the Gut Reaction podcast to the Titans. Broncos Week 10 game coming off their bye week. Have a great start to your weekend. Take care. And as always,
0: go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.